This is the Business on Top podcast with Shane Chernoff, VJ Patel, and Ben Siegel. You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants. Look, I'm wearing a belt. I got big boy pants on. And I was like, oh, damn, like, I didn't get a picture for the gram. Woody Williams was career 132 and 116 and was an all-star in 2003 for the Cardinals. Nice. Who came up with that band name? Chumbawamba. I don't know. It's like Oompa Loompa, but Chumbawamba. The Business on Top Podcast. I am back. What it do, baby? Woo! Here's the feeling good all the time. We will get my thoughts on the 2020 election in just a second. But first... History was made here. This is a big I need confetti. Day. I need a freaking this confetti bomb day. right now. Yeah. The we la- need Bucky to run in here with more oh, the confetti, confetti guns. I might have to call yeah. her up and just tell her to get on right now. A historic moment. <clears throat> For anyone who's been following our story on Instagram, they've, kn- they've probably noticed that week in and week out. Before each episode. Before each episode, we play a, a fun little game called Beer Cart. And... Um, you know, um, there are winners I'm, and there are losers, there, and there's winners and there's losers. There's a power struggle. There's uh, usually it's these two guys that are usually towards the top of the leaderboards, and I'm I'm cursing up a storm, complaining I got hit by <laughs> 18 green shells or whatever happened. Green shells, to be fair, are the bane of my existence. They make it, or break if it, you win or not. If you get hit with a red shell, I mean, there's nothing that you can do about it, pretty much. But yeah. the randomness of a green shell is significantly more frustrating than being hit with a, a red, red shell yeah. right. or even slipping on a banana peel because sometimes, you know, your path is kind of predetermined and there's no way for you to get out of the way. The, being hit with the green shell is like being pooped on by a bird. Yeah. <laughs> Good we'll analogy. Go with that. Okay, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, you know sucks if it happens and which i guess is supposed to be good luck but come on is being pooped on by a bird really good luck like there's that's just something people say to make you feel better yeah have you been pooped on by a bird no No. let's get back to uh this is (laughs) this is a big i want to because my adrenaline's still pumping from the race so you know there have been days where uh not not a lot but there's been days where i've led going into the fourth lap fourth race fourth race and, it's a useless uh, correction, but go I, ahead. I, I've choked it, um, you know, and I just wasn't able to, to finish her off. But, Let's uh, preface by saying this was on the hardest mode they have in Mario Kart. Yeah, too. 200 cc's because we finished all the other ones. We got everything, it, all the trophies we needed. So we're moving on up. It's freaking uh, insane. You know, I just uh, everything clicked and um, we hate you and we love you. For I won. But I was a sole first place holder. One year in the making. Speaking wow. of which, we getting been, a belt? We've been doing this, yes. Uh, <laughs> following your victory, I was I was motivated, inspired, and uh, in awe enough to purchase <laughs> a championship belt for Mario Kart that will be forever distributed to the champion, and will be put on display depending on whenever this this thing gets shipped by Etsy. Hopefully, it'll be here soon. It'll be a good. You have to bring it home with you. I mean, this is okay. one of those things where I'm not, I'm not keeping it here. Okay. Oh, all right. But if you're, if you're the champion, you're in charge of that. But I mean, you're just as good as a WWE champion, right? Yeah. If you're going on a on a road trip for the weekend, you bring that with you to the airport. You are the sole custodian of that until you lose possession of that title. All right. 
that that's fair enough. It'll be a good, um, I think, centerpiece for the table along with our beautiful merch that we still have a little bit of. I forgot we have a full bottle of Tito's. We do. <laughs> All right, we next do. we're going to take shots of Tito's. Coming up next, Off we get the- hammered. <laughs> But uh, yeah, today was a. It started off great. Today's been a great day. Um, yeah, I I, com- I I compare Ben winning this to a NFL team who's never won a Super Bowl in their time of being an NFL team to winning their first championship. But it's been to like multiple AFC championships. Like exactly, it's like the Bills, and- the Buffalo yeah, Bills. Exactly, that perfect. That's the perfect way. The to Bills put it. who, who the were Bills. in the Super Bowl like uh, three or four times yep. and they just kept losing. No, I mean, they on. never won, but... You know, I'm, just, I'm so like, happy. I'm just very happy. Give me, oh. give me a hug, man. Sorry. Wow. I'm going to do an air hug. This here. is... Uh, this is what? Episode guys, 34. Guys, 30, episode, episode 34. 34. Episode 34. It took me 34 episodes to win a Mario Kart Ben's race. been going to the gym every single day I've been since putting in episode hours. one. I, I bought four switches. I just play one race, hop to the other, play one race, hop to the other, and uh, it finally paid off. So guys, I'm happy. such a good day. What what made the difference for you? Do you think it's just like the the speed is more conducive to you performing a little bit better? You think you just you're very strong with the force? You I, must be. You're I, like Anakin. You're the only one that can do the pod races. I think there's a small window when we swap uh, tracks where we're all on an even playing field, and you guys don't know the turns or like the speed of the race. So I'm like right there with you guys. So it's really all just luck and. Um, I mean, it happened with 150 CC. I was like towards the top. I tied for first in one of the first races. And I, I like I said, uh, while we were playing, there's a very small window, like probably five races where if I don't finish in first, you guys will catch up and then I'm never going to win. So I'm so, happy I got it done. First race, got it out of the way. Some would say it's 10% luck, 20% skill, 80%. No. 15% concentrated power of will. 5% pleasure. Wow, I messed up. 15% pain. pain and 100% reason, reason to, to remember, remember the Ben Siegel's name, the winner of Mario Kart. Attaboy. And Thank you, boys. Man, I struggled in that one. 80%. Oh, man. Well, you didn't you didn't listen to enough Fort Myers. Uh, Fort Minor in 2006. <laughs> Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Fort Minor. <laughs> Fort it would have been, been a lot less of an inspiring band if the na- band name was Fort Myers. <laughs> Oh, one hit wonders. Oh man. Oh, Congratulations, I... Ben. You know what? Yeah, I guess Thank they were you. I guess they were one hit wonders. You wanna go back to our Chumba Wumba conversation? Oh from yes. The first show of the year? <laughs> uh, yes. I think uh Chumba Wumba has had enough airtime that they've needed for their whole entire existence. Yep. Well let's well, before <laughs> minor. Let's hope that you're not a one hit wonder and hopefully you can repeat in uh Mario Kart next week and I wish you the best of luck, but I'm coming for that championship, man. I I love the competition, but I'm going winning. up. <laughs> Going off of, uh, let, let's also hope that the damn New York Knicks aren't one-hit wonders either with oh. their with their oh. little playoff. I got I got something for the Knicks, and I don't know if you guys want to get it out of the way, but I've got no, yeah, I got some time. Yeah. I don't know if you guys want to clear do it. clear the floor, give me the ball, or what it, what you guys so, want to do. But I got something for the New York Knicks. Us three are Knicks fans. It's tough. It's it was easier to say this year because they had a good year, but in years past, it's tough to say. Um, yeah, it's been a rough, r- rough week. Shane, I know, Musa. has said he Musa. has um, a lot to say about the Knicks, so we've been waiting to hear his rant. I'll keep my cool Knicks. right now. You know, I don't want to under-promise. Well, I do want to under-promise and over-deliver, but 
I've been a New York Knicks fan since about 2003, 2004, and in, during that time they made the playoffs like probably a grand total of two times. They have made it to the Eastern Conference Finals zero times during that span. Uh, the closest that they've got is losing in six games in the second round of the playoffs. They hired Tom Thibodeau in the offseason. I was skeptical about how it did not work, and I was just about to admit that I was wrong about the New York Knicks because they transformed into a great defensive team. They locked down people like it was their job. Julius Randle scored two of his three 40-point games this season against the Atlanta Hawks, and then they go to the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs as the four seed with home court advantage. And what do they do? The same thing that the New York Knicks do every single year, which is not defend, not execute, and 100% disappoint. You made Trey Young look like Michael Jordan's flu game every single time out. There were zero adjustments. There was zero execution from the offensive side of the ball. The NBA's most improved player, Julius Randle, looked like he could not make it if his basket was in the freaking Atlantic Ocean. The Knicks should be ashamed of themselves for winning one game and acting like they've made some progress. Mm-hmm. You were the four seed with home court. You have to at least win that if your goal is to go long term and to attract key free agents. And what do you do? Like the New York Knicks, for the past 15 years that I've been a fan, you take the opportunity, you squander it, and you throw it out your ass and do absolutely nothing with it. They need to go home, reevaluate, go back to the drawing board because what was happening in the regular season was just a mirage. What we saw from the playoff New York Knicks was what I have seen from the past 15 years. Underachievement, dis- disappointment, and it really needs to stop if the Knicks are going to be serious about being a championship contender. I was so close. I was on the verge of coming back and saying, oh, you know, maybe I was wrong about this Knicks team. Maybe Tom Thibodeau really turned the culture around. And then, of course, as soon as it started to count, they sit there and they disappoint everybody in every borough. Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, although the Nets are kind of New Jersey, but but doesn't matter. Staten Island, Long Island, every not a borough, but you get what I mean. Everybody <laughs> is disappointed in the New York Knicks right now, and we feel the same way that we felt at the end of every single season, which is overpromise, underdeliver. Mm-hmm. And until the New York Knicks actually get a one or two seed and make a run at an Eastern Conference final, not even an NBA final, an Eastern Conference final, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm a Toronto Raptors fan for the time being, (laughs) and I'm just going to stick around in Toronto until the Knicks actually show me that they can do something. I am in an abusive relationship with the New York Knicks, and I'm ending it right here, right now. I am done. That's big news. That's I mean, breaking news, some would say. Toronto didn't even make the playoffs. so Yeah, but at least they won something in the past couple of years. Oh. I mean, at least they made a run after it, and they hired a GM who actually is worth a shit. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you what. Masai Ujiri, I think if he, they brought him to the Knicks, he might be able to turn the team around. The problem is the ownership, right? Yeah. Like, it, 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 with any with company, any, any it starts sport, with the yeah. top. Well, not even any sport, any company. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Your CEO... Put a smart person in charge as long as James Dolan is in charge of the Knicks. I don't just I just don't see him going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a step in the right direction, but like really? 
You're talking about New York City and you're satisfied with going from a team that shouldn't make the playoffs to a four seed that gets rocked in five games? Yeah. Yeah. I, as much as I um, this was it's a four versus five. I yeah. mean, yeah, at least got to bring that to six games. They wiped the floor with us. I think the you know the most frustrating thing is the Knicks hung their hat on you know their ability to defend. That's what got them to the four seed this season. And um, like we spoke about earlier, they didn't make any adjustments against Trey Young. Trey Young just did whatever he wanted against the Knicks. He would drive the lane, he'd dish out, he'd throw alley oops, he'd kick it out, you know, and. He, if not, he would just hit the shot or hit the floater in the lane. So it just, it's just frustrating to see a defensive-minded coach not really. I mean, the, he he took Rose off of Trey Young, I think, after game one or game two, and put Bullock on him. But I mean, that didn't that make adjustments. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. if you're such a great coach that's going to turn this culture around, you can as good of a shooter and as good of a scorer he is. By the way, I have no ill will against Trey Young. I thought he's fantastic. Yeah. I think he's great for the I mean, game because he's great. I yeah. mean that that's entertaining. You I mean that guy's entertaining. My, Although he looks like a he looks no, like a go. he looks like a goomba with uh, the little things drawn <laughs> yeah. on him. I don't know if you guys saw that what I sent you. We'll we'll share that yeah. uh, and hopefully you'll be able to post it in the yeah. video later. That will. But yeah. credit right. credit to Trey Young then. The Knicks just didn't adjust well, whether it was on the player side I, or the coach's side. They I, did not make adjustments. I'm well, sorry. Go ahead. part of it is I think I think white line fever is a, a real thing in sports where a player will just crack under pressure once the game is actually like it actually means something like the playoffs are something different than the regular season. Right. So I think Julius Randle like cracked under the pressure. He was hesitating on a lot of shots. Yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd double take on a lot of shots. He'd try to drive in and then make a stupid, you know, I, I don't know, reverse layup and, Missed completely, but like it this happens like in he was every sport. To force a lot of shots that weren't there. Yeah, he, exactly. He, he felt responsible that he thought he needed to do everything for the Knicks to go, and he he honestly he costed the Knicks this series not only on the offensive end, but he played some lazy defense. Yeah, and um, it, it's a shame that that we have to say that about you know Julius Randle because he he was the one of the main reasons we most had improved the player we had. But going back to the Trey Young. What I was really disappointed in, in not seeing, which I think what the Knicks should have done, is if you can't guard this guy on offense, Trey Young was guarding Bullock on defense. ISO Bullock and give Bullock the ball in the post and make Trey Young play defense. Right. Just bang that, on him. I mean, that's like what the 90s did. Two feet taller than Set him. screens, yeah. put Bullock in the post. I don't care. Punish him and wear make, him down. Yes, you have to do that. They did not do that. Bullock... You know, he would hit some open threes, but Trey Young wasn't really playing defense on him. And it was just frustrating to see um, the Knicks play like that. Now, granted, they had a better season than any of us could have predicted, right? We didn't even think the Knicks were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. But you're you're there. you got to take advantage of the opportunity. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. In the biggest market in the league. Finish up. Give me 30 more seconds. Oh, all right. Well, I three on the I three on the spot there. Go ahead. I mean, uh, I agree with all, everything we're saying, but uh, back to like the white line fever. I think New York has this like stigma. Like as soon as somebody enters there, there's so much more pressure on that athlete oh, yeah. it's, to to win. And so only only certain. I feel like only a certain amount of people can actually, you know, handle that pressure. I think you got to be wired a certain way to play yeah, that absolutely. market. No? Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you saw I mean, it with, we're look, finding it out look now. Look what D Rose so. did. In the, I mean, D Rose is built for. 
D Rose oh, is the yeah. guy the Knicks need to bring back because yeah. you saw sparks of the old D Rose and, and he was not afraid to take over when he had to. And, and to be fair, a lot of young guys on the Knicks team. Yeah. They're not used to being in the playoffs in this like big stage. But Atlanta had the same yeah. same type of player, the so spot. there's no excuse. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, Get if better. you're not gonna produce good riddance, go Get back better. Let's go work Knicks. hard, improve, top three seed next year. Still a fan. Or otherwise bust. LeBron, please come to us. <laughs> Sonic Adange next. The Business on Top Podcast. Welcome back to Business on Top. This is one of the most anticipated guests that we have had in a long time. Oh she is the one who trained me to be a journalist. She's made a successful career out of it herself. Sonica Dange from WESH Wesh in Orlando now joining us on Business on Top. Long time no see. How's everything going? Everything's going great, Shane. It's so nice to see you again. And VJ and Benjamin, it's nice to meet you guys. Nice meeting you too. Yeah, so I mean it it's been a long time since we've seen each other. And I know you've you've made the grind, you've bounced through, well, you've been through a couple of markets. Um, we miss you down here in South Florida. Uh, <laughs> when when you were at West Palm, that was that was one of like the highlights of my Saturday when I was just out somewhere and would would see you doing the doing the night show. But uh, you know, it, it's not as glamorous as some people think. I I one of the memories that I have of you is you know, dealing with spring breakers when you're in Panama City, just trying to do your job. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not this big, glamorous um, job that some people think it is, right? No, it's far from, in fact. Yeah, you bring up spring break in Panama City. Uh, it was always kind of a crazy time of year to cover news. And it was always, um, unfortunately, we had a lot of spring breakers that would jump off balconies or fall off balconies. And so it was never a glamorous job when you had to go and cover something like that. And you work holidays, you work weekends, you work 12-hour days, 15-hour days, whenever the news breaks. Kind of like being an attorney you got to work uh whenever the, the call comes in so exactly you're never truly off the clock never never we were we just spoke about it at before we started recording kind of tell our viewers what your sleep schedule is or like what your um yeah because it's you know it's, it's not ideal. Sure. Yeah. Let's call it unique. So <laughs> I crawl into bed at around 7 p.m. I take like two melatonin every night and I hope for eight hours of sleep. Usually it ends up being around seven and I wake up dark and early at 3 a.m. I'm probably four or five cups of coffee in before any of the rest of you guys are even opening your eyes. Yeah, mo most likely aside from aside from going to Orange Theory at six o'clock, which I've started to do lately. And I mean, you're you're probably awake and and going way before then. Speaking of we which, are two hours into the morning show by the time you do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you, you've been on the night circuit a couple of times. And I'm wondering, like, from your perspective, how does that happen? Because the morning shows will go on while you're sleeping. Do you just roll out of bed and your phone blows up and it's like, hey, you were on Kimmel? Oh my gosh. Yes. It, it was so bizarre waking up. So this has happened now a couple times. It was uh, Seth Meyers. It was um, Jimmy Kimmel. Yep. And then it was Trevor Noah. And it is when I wake up, I have like 30 or 40 text messages and it's never a good sign. I kind of wake up in a panic because you don't know if there was like big breaking news overnight. There wasn't. It's just my mom telling me that Jimmy Kimmel made a joke about chlamydia. Um, after, after something that I said. So uh, yeah, it's, that's been a journey. 
it, it's it's one of those things where you're kind of just along for the ride for the story that you're reporting. I mean, the, the comedy almost writes itself when you're in Florida. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's because we work in Florida. It's because, we're, we're just a never ending. We have a plethora of unique and odd stories to pick from. <laughs> So for those who didn't know, Sonica was the one that actually trained me when I was first starting out and doing radio back when we were in college at the University of Florida. Um, and and as somebody who is a classically trained journalist, not to like um, play up our accomplishments or anything, but I'm curious as to whether you saw what happened with Julio Jones. And for those who don't know, Julio Jones uh, was called on a uh, sports talk show, was not told that he was being recorded on the air. And essentially said that he wanted out of Atlanta and wanted to stop playing for the Falcons. And I don't know, to me, that bothered me that there was no notice that he wasn't on the air. But that kind of seems like the rules of journalism, at least for some of these these talk shows and podcasts, they're almost like changing and, and the floor tiles are moving around right out from under us. And I'm wondering whether you had some thoughts on that. Well, I hope that you're wrong about that. I hope that this is kind of a one-time instance, and I hope this isn't the start of a trend. I read the article that you sent me. I honestly hadn't seen it before then, but from what I read, I think this is, it, it violates so much about what we learned as journalists, where like you always start the interview with what is your name and your title? And can we get your permission to record? And that was the first thing that we learned, Shane, like right off the bat, time and time again, they taught us to do that. I think there's also something to be said about sources and they clearly burned their sources and, and you build these relationships outside of interviews. And it's such a shame that they put, it seems their business and sort of gotcha journalism above trying to foster these relationships and get the actual, you know, stories that matter out. From what I read, from what I understand, it's something, it's disappointing. Right. It's disappointing that this is what, what was going on. And, and it's a complicated issue. And I, I know that, you know, sports is a little bit different than, than traditional news, but it is always interesting to see uh, things like that when it's, Literally, like you said, at Radio 101, you've got to get somebody's permission to record anything for broadcast media. So it was it was bizarre kind of seeing that play out in the it news cycle as, as big as it did. It so to me, because like I could understand if maybe it was a smaller um, show or host, you know, maybe trying to get a lead or, or some clicks. But this was a ESPN's one of their biggest shows um i don't know well, just bush league well it was it was fox and, and no doubt it was surprising but sonica that's not why you're here um winnie claire kaufman is our dodgers correspondent and sonica you are our star wars and marvel correspondent so <laughs> enough with the journalism questions let's get to the fun stuff um mandalorian season two came out a couple of months ago i wonder yeah. were you parked on your couch watching that thing straight through every time a new episode came out hundred percent. I enjoyed season two, I think more than I enjoyed season one, only because there were so many questions. And even at the end of season one of Mandalorian, we didn't really get any answers. Spoiler so alert, by two, the way, we're going we're gonna to get into some, all this stuff now. Oh, spoiler alert for a show that's been out for, for months now. <laughs> spoiler <laughs> saw- alert. I did this the other day. I talked about Star Wars and nobody on the morning show had seen Star Wars. Um, and, and someone said, 
oh, you have to give a spoiler alert before you say that Anakin is Darth Vader. And I was like, that oh, is a spoiler on. alert that has been decades in the making. Um, but no, to return to your question, yeah. Loved Mandalorian, loved the second season more than the first. Did it ruin the glamour of the child a little bit for you to find out that it had a name? I don't know. I'm not sure how I felt about that one. It, it seemed a little bit unfulfilling. I thought we were going to go all the way through with the child, but it'll be interesting to see what that angle takes from season three, season three, because the end of season two was mind blowing, at least to me. No, I, I'm interested to see where they take it to season three. I'm hoping it doesn't destroy some of the glamour. I hope that there's something bigger in the works for Grogu. Um, if there isn't, then I would be disappointed. So it hinges on season three. There are a lot more Star Wars shows coming down the pipe. And given that your dog's name is Obi-Wan Kenobi, how excited are you for Ewan McGregor to come back and uh, reapprise his role as Obi-Wan? Because that was my favorite character from the prequels. Obi-Wan was the main. Um, I am very excited for Ewan McGregor to come on. I am very interested to see how Hayden Christensen reprises his role because he was okay in the prequels, if we want to be generous about it. Sonica Dange bringing her fastball with respect to Hayden Christensen's ability to play Anakin Skywalker. Do you guys disagree? You know, I think think he did the best he could under the circumstances. I think he pulled it together in Revenge of the Sith. That was my favorite of all three of them, and he did a heck of a job on that. Sure, sure. Well... You know, agree to disagree, agree to disagree. Let's agree to disagree. But clearly, I think Disney thinks that he'll be able to redeem himself in some way through this series. So I'll tell you what, I will reassess and perhaps I'll agree with you after the series airs. So uh, (laughs) how hard were you trying to cover the Star Wars park when it opened in at Hollywood Studios? Uh, Were you were you there or were you here? I was anchoring, so I was not able to be sent out into the field to actually go to the media day, but I did fight tooth and nail to try to get off the anchor desk to go. I've been since multiple, multiple times, and I love it. Uh, But yeah, it would have been cool to have that media experience and kind of be the first one there. Have you done, have you done Rise of the Resistance? Have you been on all the rides? Because I got shut out at Rise of the Resistance the last time that I was there. Yes, of course I've been. I was the pilot. I was great. I crashed only twice. <laughs> I think you I, got shut out both times you went. Yeah, I got to do the the smugglers run, which was the Millennium Falcon. But uh, for Rise of the Resistance, I I didn't get to go because we got to the park maybe 15 minutes after it opened. We were like the 96th group, so we would have had to stay until like 8:30, and that would have been like even that would have been standby. So you went right when it opened. Once, once you wait a couple of months, it's easier to get in. Yeah. Yeah. A mistake. Yeah. So I'm also (laughs) wondering as to what you thought about some of these Marvel shows. Uh, We've got Loki coming up soon. Captain America or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier just uh, dropped before. And then before that, we had WandaVision. Um, what are you looking forward to about Loki and of the two before WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, which one did you like more? 
I think one of my favorite things that Marvel is doing is they're taking each one of these series and they're making it completely unique in and of itself. It's so hard to compare what WandaVision did versus what Falcon and Winter Soldier did because they were so drastically different. WandaVision felt like this slow burn where you were constantly asking questions and theorizing what's going to happen next and what's happening behind the scenes versus Falcon and Winter Soldier was incredibly action-packed. But one thing they both did, I think, really successfully is they took characters that at least I didn't really care about all that much. Like Wanda was there, Vision was there, Falcon was there, Bucky Barnes is probably my favorite of the four of them. But they really gave them backstories and they forced you to care through this, you know, six to nine episode arc. Loki is already one of my favorites. And I think Mm -hmm. that's true for, for most people who go and watch Marvel movies. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Loki. I'm also really, really hopeful that they close some of the loopholes of this storyline that they seem to create during Infinity War and Endgame. Were you were you just devastated walking out of Infinity War? Like VJ and I were actually at the theater that day and we had we had I think we were going on a flight the next day, but I remember walking out of the movie theater just like looking at him like what the heck just happened? Infinity yeah. War or Endgame? Infinity War. In, Infinity War was crazy. Endgame, I mean, they had to tie it together somehow. I remember walking out of Infinity War feeling like I couldn't wait for Endgame. Yeah. I, it was more anticipation than it was disappointment. Oh, I was... They set it up so well. It, yeah, they, it really did. And I guess there was part of us that thought that they were going to get their asses kicked in, in that first one. Um, yeah. Because otherwise there would be no setup for a second one, I suppose. Exactly. exactly. Well, I'm, I'm interested in who the next big bad is going to be after Thanos, because now they have the Eternals coming in. And I think that's going to be their way to kind of bring in X-Men and Fantastic Four as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see who the next villain's gonna be did anyone else think that mr fantastic was gonna make an appearance in um wandavision yeah i did i was really disappointed dr strange or mr fantastic no mr fantastic there was like this big rumor that mr fantastic was the friend that they kept referencing they were gonna bring their friend in to try and analyze the situation you didn't think that no no it hadn't even occurred to me i think i I, think i'm still playing checkers and you're playing 3d chess once again <laughs> Sonic Adange of uh, Wesh in Orlando on with us talking Marvel. So now that Marvel is done with phase three, we've seen a couple of characters taken off the board. And now the big question is who are the characters that become the leaders to lead the new Avengers? I mean, if, if Sonic Adange is, is the Nick Fury, um, who are you picking as the top five? I put you on the spot. Oh man, I'll, this is I'll such a good question. I'll filibuster for you a little bit. You okay. Know, it's sad that Black Panther was gone. I think Doctor Strange needs to be someone in a leadership role. I think we'll see Spider-Man. Uh, that, that's my take. I'm not sure if you had any others, but I mean, there are a lot of different directions that you can go on. Falcon I think Spider-Man is- America. Yes, I think Falcon is probably going to play a big role. I hope that Bucky Barnes steps up and sort of fills that role. I still feel like Spider-Man is so young. I feel like he has so yeah. much growth ahead of him. He's, he'll probably be the alternate captain. He'll, he'll learn from uh, Dr. Strange, who's had a pretty interesting character arc going from, gosh, Benedict Cumberbatch is so good at playing like the cocky, conceited doctor turned like sagely, um, you know, wizard. It, it, you gotta wonder, 
you got to wonder if that's uh, that comes easy to him for a reason. Gosh, yeah, maybe he's he just has so much range. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So what we like to do with our guests, we'll get you out of here in just a second. I want to go through a lightning round. We'll keep it tight. 15 to 20 second answers. Uh, the movie or show that Sonica Dange will always stop on if it's on TV is The Office. Who's the most speaking of The Office, who's the most notorious prankster in the West studio? Oh, Jason Guy, one of our morning anchors. No, I take that back. Eric Burris, our meteorologist. Okay. Um, do you, are you one of those people that complain about the studio being too warm or too cold? I mean, what's your, what's your ideal temperature? Are you good? Are you a cool customer? I feel very comfortable on the surface of the sun. So the studio <laughs> is perpetually freezing to me. Um, Sonica Dange's Taco Bell order is? It is always some cheese roll-ups. I used to love the crispy potato soft tacos before they took them off the menu, but now they're back on the menu. Used to love the Mexican pizzas, the nachos bel grande when I'm feeling like it's a fat day. I used to get the soft chicken tacos and the hard chicken tacos when I was younger. And sometimes I'll get like one of those smothered burritos, but only when I'm feeling really fancy. A nice. true professional right there. True Thank you for noticing. It was, it was a very, very diplomatic answer too, because you didn't, you didn't pick on one too many. You made sure that everybody got a little bit of love. Every menu item got a little bit of love there. When every single menu item is a winner, how can you pick? I, I can't. As a lawyer, I have no retort for that. I have no counter argument. But, Bring back the verde sauce. I guess that's true. So you're kind of a hometown hero because you grew up in Orlando and now you're getting to cover your hometown market. And what I'm wondering is, what is the most gratifying thing about being able to work in your hometown? Uh, sometimes I get emails from my old middle school and high school teachers who will accidentally find me on a, on a station. And that's always really fun, especially when they're English teachers and they're like, great grammar on air. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is the person or uh, people that uh, you were most surprised that they stopped and recognized you while you were just out and about somewhere? Do you have a story about that? Uh, the other day I was getting makeup and the lady who was helping me get my makeup went through the entire process of color matching me. And like, literally I took her time up for 30 minutes and right before she left and I walked out the door, she's like, by the way, I watched you this morning. Nice job. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure you get that fairly often. So last one, I know you were set to cover the Olympics. Um, and you know, my thoughts go out to you because no one could have anticipated what 2020 was, but if you could get sent to cover any event, Sonica Dange would go out to cover blank. At the Olympics? Well, just any, any event, period, any world event. I think the Olympics. I have to say the Olympics because they were so hyped and I was looking forward to them for a full year and then they were sort of snatched up from under us. So I'm going to say the Olympics. I would go back to the Olympics. Yeah, you're, you're going to get your shot, I promise. That and, and a whole lot more to come from Sonica Dange of WSH WESH in Orlando. Thanks so much for tolerating our nonsense. Thank you for being on with us. The Business on Top podcast. Boy, it was kind of a ball hog in that interview. I, uh, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I definitely hogged the all the questions. So, I don't know, for better, for better or for worse. You know what? I'm, I'm glad you are you guys voting me off the show. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. majority yeah. rules. You're the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, well. We'll post that in there. It, it no, a, it's all right. It's it it was it was a good interview. Um Sonica's amazing. Seconded. Um, she's 
She's what we call the Swiss Army knife of people. So she honestly, she will give you a, a good real professional for, for, yeah. for anything, and she's just one of those people that is great to have a conversation with. Yep. she'll talk to you about anything, and, and a fellow gator. You know, it's one of those people that ha- just has the ability to make you feel so important, no matter who you are. Yeah, Sonic is definitely one of those people. So thank you for for being on with us, Sonica. I know you're sleeping right now as we're recording the podcast. Uh, good luck on the morning show tomorrow, and um, take care. But you know, there's a lot that is going on right now in terms of famous divorces yeah, we were, we were talking gates. about bill gates last episode <laughs> yeah and oh by the way i, I got i got a haiku of the week it's, oh wait it's it's a little late um and this is a this surprise is, to yeah. us what's what's the topic well the topic's gonna be divorce <laughs> okay. So, this should be good. We talked about Bill Gates, and now we're going to talk about Jay Cutler. So you guys are going to filibuster it. I'm going to create this haiku oh. on the spot. Okay. Um, so, so Jay Cutler is getting divorced with Kristen Cavallari. Kristen Cavallari is a reality TV star, I believe. So I'm kind of confused because they broke up, and then they got back together, and now they're breaking up again? Uh, well, I'm, I was going to refer to you guys because I don't know anything about their marriage. I, or... I know they broke up. And then they made a post, like, kind of hinting that they were back together. And then now it says they're getting divorced. So they were separated. They weren't, like, actually. I guess they were separated. Maybe they tried making it work. And now they're like, all right, it's not working. Now we're getting legally divorced. Yeah. So, like, I guess now he wants half of what she made in, like, her the company that she runs. Which, which, I, which so makes sense. I, I mean, I feel like. A lot of her fame came from him being a, you know, star quarterback for the one of the biggest markets in the NFL. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I think she was famous. I think she she was famous. I mean, marrying him definitely elevated that. But I would say his money, I'm sure, helped her start the business. It's, right. It's what, not, what does she do? I don't think it's a question of merit. Like, I think it's just a legal argument. And the argument is essentially – because she created the business while she was married, it became a marital asset, and he is entitled to half of it. I know that a couple of NFL players have weighed in on it on Twitter, and they seem to be in favor of Jay Cutler. And the prevailing message is basically Jay Cutler, of course, he's going to put in minimal effort to get the maximum production. Smoking Jay. But, well, damn, you, see, you know, you ruined my haiku because the haiku is Smoking Jay back. This is the haiku of the week. We need a sponsor for this. Yes. Hopefully. Uh, Shakespeare. Hopefully. Taco <laughs> Bell. Smoking Jay back. Celsius. Mooching off of jewelry biz. I don't really care. <laughs> awesome. Check your phone. <laughs> that's great that color suing me now but um yeah has anyone ever ever and this table what? ever watched an episode of very cavalry no no yeah is that I, where she is that why she got famous or whatever is that what no she got you know, famous like, off no, she was of on the, the oc right something like that the or hills maybe the oh hills. i don't know she yeah, was one on of those, one of those oh. reality tv shows and then um yeah she started dating him i guess famous married. yeah but uh Hey, don't don't get me wrong. I do love some crappy reality TV. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> me too. Low key. Shout out to Bali from Family Karma, uh, season two. Just next the on the first pod. episode. Oh my god, I, w- <laughs> I wish, I wish. We'll we'll see if we can make it happen. But uh, Family Karma season two started up last night. 
Maybe I'll just have my own family karma podcast where I'm just going to give 30 minutes of opinions about what happened in the previous episode of Family Karma. Yeah. I do like a good a good dose of reality TV here or there. Do you guys have a guilty pleasure of like what what will you watch when no one's looking? I don't really Summer watch. House. I don't watch a lot of TV. You know, yeah. you guys, yeah, well, you guys I got know into it's that. Summer House for me. I, I got into that when you showed it to me, but um, I man. I used I to watch really Jersey watch. Shore when yeah. it came out, just like to see what happened. Real World? Do you guys ever watch Real World? Well, there, there was Real like the World, original Real World Challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which just became The Challenge. No, like the original on, Real World, like when it first came out when we were in like middle school. And L- I guess elementary school, too. Mike, Mike Mizan in WWE yeah. Superstar was born from The Miz. Yeah, I don't remember. It was, or, real world. It was born from the real world. It was the real world, and then it turned into, like, yeah, road rules, and then it was, like, a whole challenge. And I used to watch that, like, religiously back in the day. What what, what was the best, like, one of those, like, crappy afternoon TV shows? Because I remember there was TRL with Carson Daly, and that was go- that went on for pretty much all through high school. And Next. Next, I was gonna. Next, bu- next was next. good, and then Room Raiders was Room the one Raiders. that I remember. <laughs> Room Raiders, like <laughs> the ubiquitous part of every episode of Room Raiders was the black light. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what was the one? This what was the so sh- uh, show? It was on MTV. Was it like in the line of those shows where there's a there couple? There's a couple, and like someone comes in, and like they go on a date with her, and they decide like, oh, do I want to? Uh, stay with like their current boyfriend I thought that was or girlfriend. Next. Was that not next? Was that next? I don't know. I don't think it was. I remember Pimp My Ride. Pimp My Ride was pretty oh, cool. Pimp My Ride. Oh, I used to watch that. Can we get exhibit on the show, Frankie? Get him on. <laughs> Let's get. Him. We got that a long list of we need on. I, yeah. Speaking of of, of um, Pimp yes. My Ride. Yeah. Oh my God! I don't know what. Uh, so did you hear about like how like ninety percent of those cars are just not viable options anymore like, like they were good not, for like, like they're good for like a year like, oh you mean the ones with like the fish tank like taking up the back seat <laughs> like, like they were cool at the time but like you read articles now it's like half of those more than half are just like not viable options to drive anymore shocker and so they lost a lot of money on it yeah yeah i mean you saw what there's a reason it's like how many oh, i'm gonna create a new show it's gonna be called no shit <laughs> Oh, I put an air mattress in the back seat with like uh, four stoves and a couple <laughs> microwaves. It's like this should last you a little bit. It's like, what the hell are people supposed to sit Here's in? Here's a thing? car with four PS4s. <laughs> yeah, well, like... no, 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 no. Because at the time it was PS2s. PS, yeah, four PS2s, three, three like large screen TVs. Yeah. Imagine like... driving around. Hi, gorgeous. You want to hang out in the back of my uh, my Hummer H3 with uh, with a couple of PS2s back there and like yeah. Grand Theft Auto three. It was like, can yes. you imagine bringing your car in? Like, yes. would not go well. <laughs> can you imagine? You just want like your car fixed up. Like, hey, my battery's dead, and it comes <laughs> out. It's like there's a fish tank <laughs> in your back seat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I did all this. It's stuff. Like, exhibit, what the hell are you doing? I just wanted my car fixed. Exhibit, <laughs> exhibit gives you way more than you bargained oh. for. We need, oh. we need to bring back that show. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to go grab some Taco Bell. We're going to open up negotiations with Exhibit. That's our show. Uh, Be good. (laughs) Have a great weekend. Stay tuned and stay safe. Do not pimp your ride ever.